You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I was not expecting that this is the way the new Chucky film was going to go. I mean, <laughs> huge surprise to me, but you never know what crazy thing those are going to do. I guess this is Song of Chucky. A song of Chucky, yeah. there you go. Yeah, Aria no, of Chucky. But no Jennifer Tilly, so I feel robbed. Uh, that alone, I got to give it no stars, sorry. No, I'm kidding. We're not reviewing the new Chucky movie. We are reviewing Annette, and you'll see as our review goes on why I'm calling it the new Chucky film. Yes, there is a puppet there that is horrifying. Anyway, this is directed by Leo... I don't know how you say his last name. is Carax? Carax? He is a French director and critic and writer, and this is his first English-language film that he's made. Previously, he's probably best known to American audiences. What American audiences do know it with his movie Holy Motors, which is wholly bizarre. And definitely people either totally loved it or were like, I have no fucking clue what happened. I think I was somewhere in the middle. What a shock. (laughs) Really? Now, see, Annette is downright completely straightforward and comprehensible on every level compared to Holy Motors. Well, the reason a lot of people are paying attention to this is two-pronged, really. One, the songs for this movie, and it is a full-on musical, there's only very small parts of it that are not sung, were written and performed by Ron Mayle and Russell Mayle of the band Sparks, who, of course, just recently was a big thing with Edgar Wright's just wonderful documentary about them, the Sparks Brothers. And the other thing is Adam Driver plays the lead male role in here, and right now Adam Driver is, like, kind of pinnacling in his career. (laughs) People are like, I think he's a tremendous actor. And there's no question that the guy is, like, nobody's like him. Like, when you're trying to think of someone to compare him to as an actor, I'm like, I have no idea. I can't think of somebody that's like Adam Driver. But I do not get the attractiveness thing. He looks like Frankenstein's monster if he was a gym rat. Joke's on you. I'm into that. I believe it. I believe it. No, Chris, I'm kind of with you. I don't find him attractive at all, but that's okay. When you're that good of an actor, it's fine. That goes a long way. His looks like really work for him as an actor because he's so like, uh, must be more of a chameleon. He's very, very odd looking. And sometimes that works if you've got the talent to back it up. Certainly not the first one, won't be the last one. But anyway, he stars in this film with uh, Marion Cotillard, who, by the way, was like the third or fourth choice for this role. There were like several people it was set to be, and it kept getting delayed and changed. And anyway, so she ended up playing the role here. And Adam Driver plays Henry McHenry, who is a sort of shock comedian. Not like Sam Kennison or something, but an angsty shock comedian. He's almost like a sort of philosophical shock jock, but who gets up on stage wearing like a sort of a boxer's bathrobe with a hood and underwear on underneath it and swings his mic around and has a group of female singers behind him. It's like George Carlin meets Gigi Allen. (laughs) Yes, kind of like that. Exactly. The world is shocked when he gets into a, oh my God, we love each other so much relationship with Marion Cotillard playing Anne de Frasneau. 
I don't know, who is a opera singer famous for her dying arias. She dies a lot in her operas, but she's very highly thought of. But man, they come out and the world is just like, what is happening right now? As the film shows in a series of interstitials of like an Entertainment Tonight type show, sort of covering their relationship. As we find out through a series of songs and interludes, which is, like I said, the whole movie, they love each other. There's even a scene where they're having sex and there's a shot going like straight down them and she's like on the bed and he's going down on her between her legs and he just raises his head up to sing the chorus or <laughs> takes a break from going down on her to <laughs> sing the chorus. It's that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But of course, things are not going to stay glorious. They both have their own thing. She has this fear that because of the stuff that he does, that eventually he's going to get me too. There'll be some shit that happens that'll come up in his career. He's very jealous of her composer who she had had a relationship with briefly before they went out together and who is still in love with her. And it's one of the guys in the Big Bang Theory, right? Yeah, Simon Helberg? Not Laban, that's for sure. And things go terribly wrong, but before they can go completely off the rails, they have a child, and the child is the most disturbing-looking puppet I've seen since the Puppet Master movies. I do not know what the fuck they were thinking. The catch is, for the second half, is that, oh, look, the kid can sing, and, like, miraculously, even as a tiny toddler, can sing like an angel. All right, well, that's a net. I'm not going to go past that into what happens. But joining me is Frank. Hello, hello. And Rose. Hello. I know we're really supposed to like this movie. I get it. People are going to get mad at me. I already wait and I haven't said anything. I've heard people in theaters behind me, like in press screenings, talking about it and getting excited for it. And I've already seen it. And I'm like, I'm not saying a thing. I'm not saying, cause yeah. they're just going to get mad at me. They're just going to get mad at me that I fucking barely made it through this goddamn movie. <laughs> well, it is, it is kind of lengthy for such a like mm-hmm. a two note story. 139 minutes of singing. And if you know the Sparks songs, a lot of the Sparks music relies on repetition. A lot of the songs are literally two sentences just repeated over and over and over again. And if they're not, half the time, they didn't even bother to write lyrics that rhyme. (laughs) I actually didn't mind the music that much. I thought it really fit that sort of rock opera vein. Yeah. The popra. Yeah, popra. There you go. Perfect. You coined it. Man, you're just coining phrases tonight. But I think that along with the visuals, because the visuals are really, really great. The staging is really, really great. So I think those two elements alone are what mainly people are going to go for. And those are the only two elements that I really liked. I could have done without Annette. She's going to haunt my nightmares. This is what we're doing? Okay. (laughs) Oh, I don't want this at all. She's downright horrible. Just every time you see her, you're like, oh, please, no, please, just take take the camera off her. Which you'd think it would mean something if that was the intent, but it's not. But I think that's the problem, is that this film, as long as it is, the director knows how to shoot stuff, and he's trying all sorts of new things, but he's that's part of the problem. He's trying all sorts of new things. So this mm-hmm. is this grab bag of experimental ideas, and some of them are like, oh, that's a weird choice, but inspired. And others are like, wow, that's a weird choice, and it was fucking terrible. What were you thinking, man? That was awful. <laughs> And it just like goes on like that, which might have been a little more affecting if I thought that I gave a shit about either one of these main characters, because you don't really particularly like either one of them that much. We don't know enough about them yeah. as people outside of what they do for a living and that they love each other and sing while they're fucking. Doesn't everybody, Chris? Jeez. And nothing, yeah, right? the only original, even faintly original thing in the story is that their child can sing and like has this miraculous singing voice, but everything else plays out exactly 
how you would expect it to. And I got to tell you, I don't like TMZ. And this is kind of like TMZ <laughs> the musical. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Even for me who likes weirdo movies and experimental stuff, I can definitely say that sometimes this does go a little too arty just for art's sake. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, I'm just throwing everything at the wall and you have to really know what you're doing to make that work. It's like those people that, you know, spend 45 minutes making their hair look just perfectly tussled when they get out of bed so it looks like they didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that no. doesn't always work sometimes. Yeah. I just look like crap. So... <laughs> I hate to use this word, and I don't use it lightly, but sometimes it does border on the P word with some of the things that it tries. Parody? Pretentious. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what's the P word? <laughs> like, but yes. Because I could see parody. <laughs> There's a lot of weird choices in here that don't seem to serve any purpose other than, oh, I just want to try it and see what happens, which yeah. I guess lots of really good directors have done and it's worked for them. Certainly not going to try and pretend that every single weird shit David Lynch ever did was like this integral part of the context of the metaphor. Right. Cause I, no. <laughs> but this does stuff like that. It just feels also stagey. And I guess that's kind of the point. Like there's even a big scene on a ship filmed on like a sound stage with, and it used lots of projected backgrounds, but like projected ways around them and people throwing water on them. And you're like, I'm just so taken out of this whole thing. Every time you do this, it doesn't really work. And I know you're kind of getting at, like, well, none of this is real, all the celebrity. What do you have to tell us that we don't already know? Just recently reviewed Nine Days, and they do something very, very similar in that film, but that same sort of like experiment. And I was brought to tears almost when they did it there. Over here, I'm like, this isn't working. You're trying to be really weird and arty and experimental, but it's just coming off as really, really formalist and... It doesn't even look that good. I'm so sorry. And I think you're right about us not really knowing much about the characters. And that's also why I really can't praise the acting that much. They say their lines okay, but you can't inhabit people that aren't really fleshed out. And that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks I had here. Well, you say they say their lines okay, but like as great as Adam Driver is, he ain't no singer. No. Marie Cotillard can do opera and is singing operatically. You're like, wow, you're amazing. Even though sometimes because she's singing that style, you can't make out what she's saying. <laughs> Adam Driver is like pulling a Russell Crowe in Les Miserables. You're like, oh, it's, it's not that you can't sing altogether. If you were in a karaoke room, I'm sure no one would be complaining. You're not going flat or off key, but you ain't a singer, man. No. <laughs> can't do everything, I guess. I mean, was that what they wanted? What the guy was going for? I think he just wanted the draw of Adam Driver. Ooh, we can get Adam Driver. And it seems, too, with Adam Driver, he's willing to take risks. I mean, oh yeah, there's no one else quite like him right now. And so he's willing and able, for the most part, to do all kinds of things. He can play someone like Kylo Ren. He can do really intense stuff. He can be comedy gold on Saturday Night Live. And so maybe he just wanted to try his hand at a full-on musical rock opera to see if he could. I I gotta tell you, his bit on Saturday Night Live where he plays like the elderly oil baron who comes to the school (laughs) class to like tell them about like, yeah, bring your parents to school day. I go back and rewatch that like once a month. That shit cracks me up every time (laughs) I watch it. And so you shall! so funny but that's so sad though like when i was watching this i kept on thinking about like god i should watch marriage story again because maybe he should have <laughs> won that year but when you start thinking about he should have the other performances that these actors have given you're not really supposed to be doing that when you're watching them in a new one the best scene in this whole movie is the opening where it even sets mm-hmm. up its artificiality where it begins with the director in a studio directing the leads and even the backup singers and the sparks guys sitting in a studio recording but then they sort of all walk out together 
together and walk down the street and start singing the song. It's a really good song. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be stuck in my head for like a fucking week, man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I was about to say it was stuck in my head as soon as I remembered that we had the review today and it just kind of popped back up. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I just got rid of you. But that's the problem is it's the strongest song in the movie, I thought. After that, it all kind of is unmemorable. I like some of them. Well, obviously, I liked it more when she was singing. But yeah, they do kind of bleed together. What are you going to do? <laughs> I still can't forgive them or understand what the what the point was at all of having the world's most disturbing puppet in there for the titular child of the film. I think it would have been more, I don't want to say off-putting, but it, it would have been more telling had it been an actual child. Felt more emotionally involved if it had been a, yeah. a real actress. Yeah. I've seen some people online kind of ruminating about, you know, well, the use of the puppet was necessary because it represents this or that, or it could Whatever. mean that, you know, she was all in his imagination and this is just him imagining what their life would have been like if they had a kid because he has commitment issues and I'm like no man I think the the director just wanted to have this super artsy thing in there for no reason no my personal theory is he saw the baby in Twilight and he was like "All right, all right, no 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 I can make one even worse than that let's go And he did. Success on that level. But I think everything else would have been forgivable, all my other problems, if you had just cared about the plot and it wasn't so bone simple. It was just like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I see stuff like this on entertainment news all the time and I don't give a shit about it then. It gets more tragic towards the end of it, but even so, by that point, why do you care? It's boringly tragic. They never seem real. Even imagining if they were real people, you'd be like, you're not a real person even though you're a real person. You're (laughs) shallow and self-involved and I just don't give a fuck. Anyway, let's go to final thoughts. Rose, why don't you lead us off? Kind of. I think I ended up liking it more than you guys did, just because I like Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard so much. And I, again, I, I have a flair for weird stuff and musicals and things like this. It's not the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I've seen things like this done a little bit better, but it did scratch a particular itch for me. If the trailer intrigues you and we don't scare you off <laughs> with our review, I would say definitely go check it out. If, if you like weird movies, this might be your kind of weird movie. And I am going to give it six and a half dirty green bathrobes out of ten. (laughs) Frank. Yeah, I kept on thinking about this other movie called Who is Harry Kellerman and Why is He Saying Those Terrible Things About Me? Justin Hoffman stars in it. He plays a singer-songwriter who's very, very famous, like a Spectre kind of guy. And he's auditioning actresses for an opera he's written. And one of them is Barbara Harris. It's a 70s movie. And she comes in and she says, I have a purse full of opera. Everywhere I go, I take my purse full of opera everywhere I go. And you know why I love opera? Because people live at the top of their lives and then die very, very beautifully. It's a great quote, but this is the first movie I've ever seen where that is dispelled. As beautiful as this movie is, it is so incredibly hollow in every dash of emotion or character that I guess we're meant to feel something about, but we really don't. I really think the visuals are great. This is a very gorgeous film, and I think the music is really solid. It is repetitive. Maybe it's my uncultured self, but... I kind of always see that's what opera kind of is. That's the way it sounds like to me. So I guess it kind of worked in there. There's no reasons at all to have that doll walking around. There's none Ooh. at all. There's no reason to have anything other than a real child there. But we've got the doll. So what are you going to do? I was kind of hoping this would be like a new Moulin Rouge. That would have made my heart fly. But it's not. <laughs> we got this. And it'll be someone's favorite movie of the year. I know that there are people that do legitimately like this. And this will be on their top 10. It won't be on mine. So I am going to go ahead and just give this this 6 out of 10 because I'm going to go to karaoke in a little bit and it's Dolly Parton night so I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 Dolly Parton songs <laughs> yeah. I love how Frank always pulls in whatever's going on in his real life even if it has nothing to do with yeah. the movie <laughs> hey, he's got a thing man <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to add. I really, really dislike this film. I can admire what some of the stuff it tried. I certainly think the actors involved are good. I think Sparks are, you know, I love the documentary. I wasn't 100% sold on Sparks being this totally great band that I should have checked out by now. It's like, yeah, they're fine, but, you know, not really my thing. <laughs> Whatever. Everybody's got their own thing. I was not wildly impressed with their songs here. And even so, I was like, it's magical realism like most musicals, but they show them like twice in the whole movie actually come on camera and sing. They shouldn't they have been like a Greek chorus? Wouldn't you have yeah. done that yeah. as a director of had the Sparks be the guys who keep coming in and out instead of those terrible Entertainment Tonight interstitials? Make it be them. <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Those Entertainment Tonight little things at least like shorten the plot. Imagine how much longer this movie would have been without those. True. <laughs> All right. And it's already 139 minutes. Yeah. Oof. I, I found this trite largely unlikable. There's stuff to admire for the sheer gall of making it. And there's a few songs I think are genuinely good. And I always like Adam Driver, who no matter what he's doing, puts himself into it a thousand percent. And he does here, too. I mean, Cotillard's good, too. But you've just, seen her in something before. You've seen her in this. The characters are too one-dimensional to have, but so much to do with them. So Adam Driver does what he does with a lot of roles he gets cast. He plays it loud, you know, and he's good at playing it loud. Loud and angry. I, I don't know. It's just the whole movie is as distracting and kind of annoying as his character is supposed to be in the film as his shock jock comic Ape of God. That is literally his name. I do not know why. That was his name? Ape of God. I did not know yep. that. Wow. Well, I was yeah. paying attention clearly. Wow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, I keep thinking I should give it a higher rating, but no, nobody can tell me because of who's associated or whatever people are thinking they want it to be that I should give it a higher rating. So I'm just going to give it three out of 10 dolls that should be set on fire, <laughs> buried and the earth salted on their grave and unmarked, mind you, because I don't want Annette to the rise of Annette. <laughs> I feel like we need to end with. So may we end. <laughs> so may we end. So may we end.